It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. The Cardinals leading by a run five to four. Long as the winning run at third with one out. Oh, one to miss Mark, a chance to redeem himself after striking out in the seventh. The bases are loaded with only one out. Second and third, two out. Five, four Dodgers, nine seconds. Smith, Cork went into right down the line. Bears struck him out looking. The Cardinals are going to Michigan to take on the Tigers. There's a drive. One back. It might be. It's something. It is. A home run. Back throws to Craig. He's at the track. It may go. I drive deep into the lower section in left field. 17 consecutive wins. The run of 21. And now the St. Louis Cardinals are postseason bound. Postseason bound? Yes, in fact, the postseason is upon us. Welcome to a postseason edition of the Cardinals Insider Podcast. My name is Brett McMillan, 17 in a row. That's how we got here, 19 and two down the stretch for the St. Louis Cardinals. What an amazing, amazing run, and we are hoping that it extends much further here into the month of October. We're glad that you're alongside. We're going to come at you after every game. This, of course, is after the National League wildcard workout, and we'll continue that uh, most likely, I would think, in future rounds as well. But after the games, you can check in with us, and we just decided, you know what, for all the great Cardinal content, there is not, in fact, on-demand kind of pre-post uh, chances for you to hear from players and maybe have the stage set a little bit. There are a lot of people doing great Cardinal content out there, but uh, just to be able to take it at you know 5 a.m. on the way into work or 11 a.m. on the way into work or 1 a.m. after the game, whatever you want, whatever fits your consumption habits, we want to try to meet you here with uh, something a little different than the feature-driven stuff we normally do on this program. My name is Brett McMillan. Glad that you were along with us today. We're going to head out to Chavez Ravine, Dodger Stadium in Los Angeles, California, and let you hear from Mike Schilt, Nolan Arenado, and Adam Wainwright. All three of those gentlemen took part in a media day session out there. So let's just jump right in on to it. Mike Schilt was first up to the podium, and he was asked to kick things off with his thoughts on the Los Angeles Dodgers. Uh, by the way, they are here in the wild card game after going 106-56. and They just had the very unfortunate, I'm sure for them, displeasure of sharing a division with San Francisco, who went 107-55 and in order to win the West. So what does Mike think of the Dodgers? Uh, well, they're very balanced. I mean, this is a group that's... Uh very intentional about how they're how they're built, uh, both sides of the baseball. Um, and their lineup is clearly deep. Um, you know, they're looking um, right-handers, left-handers. Their bench is deep. 
Uh, you know, they're pitching. You know, obviously Scherz is going tomorrow, um, but they've got you know strong bullpen as well. Uh, righties, some lefties as well. Very intentional about how they're put together. Um, you know, the bullpen's going to look to to get strikeouts. Um, there are some walks out there, um, but no, it's a good, well-balanced ball club for sure. It's a reason why they've they're defending a uh, World Series champion and, and a perennial uh, contender. Claudia Gestro, DLP Los Angeles. Um, my first of all, congratulations to make it this far. How important has Javier Molina been for the Cardinals, especially this year? How excited is he? Well, thank you. Good to see you again. Um, Yadi's, uh, you know, he's a pillar of our club. He's the Elidre. He's a guy that um, is the rock and foundation for what we do on both sides of the baseball. He's, uh, you know, clearly been in this environment before. He um, trains and works, and this is what he plays for, we play for, and uh, he sets a great tone for that. Um, you know, he's a, he's a guy that can help you win in a lot of different ways. I've said before, maybe the smartest baseball guy I've ever seen, regardless of role. He uh, sees the game very well. He's a tough competitor. Like I said, very smart player and uh, enjoys these kind of moments. What's the overall level of comfortability and mentality for the clubhouse right now? Yeah, I mean, look, we've, uh, this is a group we talked about earlier with our staff, and, um, you know, it's not anything we're going to do anything special. Obviously, it's a one-game deal, so, the, you know, preparation is just goes different. But, um, you know, our staff, our players, our group has been intentional about um, how we prepare from day one of spring training, and we've normalized what that looks like, and, you know, we're just excited to um, show up and go play. Mike, to Katie's point, how pleased have you been with this last week where when you guys have had it all kind of locked down here through basically week guys up to end, you guys still managed to stay dialed in and, and play the level that you have over this last week? Yeah, you know, that's the kind of reiterates the point. You know, we're, regardless of circumstance, we're looking to play the game the right way. Be prepared for any and all situation and go compete. And, um, you know, it was nice to be able to to uh, give some guys a little time off their feet and to give some guys a little rest in the bullpen and set things up. But, um at every point, everybody continue to get after it and, and uh, be ready for any and all situation, which you know we'll be ready for tomorrow as well. Derek, Derek Gould, St. Louis Post Dispatch. Hi, Derek. Hi, uh, Long time, long time. Um, you, you told us a lot through the years, going back years, that the goal is to get better through the game, through the week, through the month, through the season. How are you, as a team, better today than the last time you were at this ballpark? Yeah, you know, we uh, want to be, you know, we see continual improvement, want to be better as the game goes, series goes, season goes, best of getting better. And, you know, it's a mindset, a growth mindset. Um, you know, really it was interesting because right when this um, series ended here, you know, it was a hard fought series, won the last one, a lot of good defensive plays, which is a um, something that's been a, a stable of our team. Um, but we also, you know, Jack went out. Second to last game, rotation started to get in flux a little bit. Um, so from a pitching standpoint, we've been able to stabilize our starting pitching. We've also made additions. Uh, and in those stabilizations, obviously, you know, Lester, Hap, no particular order. Um, got Miles back, Miles Michaelis. So those three guys were huge um, with the, you know, the stalwart and the, you know, the consistency of Wayno, who's clearly going tomorrow. And then the bullpen, um, you know, we had our, our back end of our bullpen, Cabrera and, and uh, 
um, Gallegos and Reyes have all been good pretty much the whole season and were outstanding without real any margin for error in the first two-thirds of the season. Um, but we've had an addition of Luis Garcia and, uh, and McFarlane, uh, and they've done a fantastic job for us. So we've got, a, we've got more depth in that bullpen now. Cody Whitley's come on. Pitched really well. He's up and down through the season, a little bit of injury, a little bit of roster management. Um, you know, we've lost Helsley, which which has hurt a little bit, but he's kind of picked up that spot. Um, so, you know, that in that regard, we're different. From a position player standpoint, he started to get more healthy. You know, we, we didn't have a lot of our outfield together pretty much the whole first half of the season. You know, Bader, O'Neill dealing with certain things, dealing a little bit here and there, but has been there most part for the season. DeYoung was in and out of the lineup. Created opportunity for Sosa. Um, Kids has got more opportunity. Did a nice job behind the plate, backing up Yachty. And you know, look, we've done a nice job with Eddie and Goldie and, and Nolan, obviously, um, to be the stalwarts. So, point I'm getting at a long way is we've really been able to make positive additions to our club, been able to get healthy, and been able to play together. And uh, that's one of the big reasons we made the push we made. I think in September team learned a little bit about what was possible. I mean, you were very optimistic all year, but the, this, the quality of play or how crisp you played, do you think they wanted to push that by each day and say, well, if we can do this, then what else, how, how good can we beat tomorrow? I think we knew it was possible all along. I think a lot of us were um, probably frustrated based on what I said earlier about yeah. the inability to, to have our club together and uh, have a lot of the, you know, try to plug in the different pieces and candidly, uh, you know, I feel really good about the level we're able to do that. I know people at many points of the season, I mean, our first two months of the season, you know, we were leading our division. And, um, you know, as people say, oh, you know, you were first four, four and a half months, where were you? Well, we were a pretty good spot the first two months, <laughs> you know, and then deluge of things happened. And quite candidly, I'm pretty pleased with how we were able to keep it together and, and how the guys continue to fight and scratch and claw to, to keep ourselves as relevant as we did. And then, um, once we got to that point of consistency and health, you know, I don't think we had to prove anything to ourselves, but it was nice to have it together, and it was just a matter of, of, uh, of playing, and I know we've enjoyed that. Hey, Chelsea, we've asked you a lot about different things that have clicked in the offense, but with Tommy Edmund, we've seen guys at times that kind of like a sophomore slump, and it can sometimes kind of just derail their season. He, he kind of hit it and then rebounded from it. How, how did he get through that? How, what did you observe, and also how he has He's been huge. You know, he's a little bit of a microcosm for our club, right? I mean, he started off the season, you looked up, we're in San Diego um, towards the second month of the season, and he's, you know, toward the league leaders in hits. We're getting a lot of national games. Um, people are asking about the, is Tommy Edmund the quietest, best, one of the best players in the league that we don't, the pe people outside the industry don't know about, which I'd say yes to. Um, then he got into a little bit, um, especially from the left side, a little full conscious, a little getting around the baseball. Um, you know, pretty was human a little bit. Uh, Tommy's very passionate, smart, um, feels what he does, made adjustments, put him down the lineup a little bit, started getting a stroke through the middle, using the whole field, still pulling the ball in the air with authority. Um, just got back to being Tommy. And, um, you know, it's a guy we had a lot of confidence in because, candidly, in 2019, we made our push and won our division. Um, Tommy and Gago's coming up for a big part of that. So we knew he's just a matter of time before he you know, got back to being the kind of player he's capable of being and, um, you know, started setting the table again around August for the big boys, and, and uh, here we are.
Very Christian-like. Uh, Martin Kilcoin, Fox, St. Louis. Mike, the bulk of your winning streak was on the road, and it kind of fits with an underdog status, a team that can't afford to lose that round. If you're going to advance here, you're going to be primarily road team. Can you give me an idea of how does that kind of fit with where you guys were, like desperate and like where, whether you were home or road, you kind of had to have that mentality: we can't lose. Yeah, I mean, we've got to. We, we, we just like to play. It's a group likes to play baseball, and. Um, we're prepared in and everywhere. We'll play in a parking lot. You know, you show up and tell us to play, we'll play. Um, play on the road. I mean, you know, I didn't even realize, think about the fact that a lot of that was on, was on the road. Um, and it's some tougher places to play in, but that kind of speaks to the ability of this group to stay present and just go play irregardless of circumstance. And that's a great um, trait of a team, an individual. Just go play, play regardless of circumstance. Home, road, you feel comfortable, things are a little uncomfortable, you're a little banged up, you've got, um, you know, challenges. You just go play, stay together, and, and uh, get after it regardless of where you play. And, you know, we are, it's a good trait, you know, so we're excited to be able to play here tomorrow night. Quick follow do you guys take on an underdog when you're the last team in? Do you sense that you guys are in a, quote, underdog role, which is strange for this franchise? Uh, I think we're in a, we're, feel comfortable about what we can do, confident what we can do, and we're ready to play any and everybody. And um, I don't know that we see it as an underdog role or a favorite role. I think we just see it as an opportunity to go play baseball. Mike, you've talked a lot this year about defense, a lot about base running, a lot of one game like this, but there's not really much margin of error. I mean, can you just describe the, the confidence and the, the, the stuff, the work you guys do in spring training to pay attention to these fine details? That, have you go into the you don't have a game two to rely on. Yeah, it's not it's not as sexy a way of playing the game. It's a way that, you know, people can have their own view of what the game is today, old school, new school. I just want to play, you know, good solid fundamental baseball is common sense to me. Um, you know, you don't know one of the beautiful things about our game is to your point, um, you don't know what's gonna hinge on the game. And very holistic, again, common sense approach to it for me at least is Let's try to be as, as good in every aspect of the game as possible. And, every, and, the, and the great news is very blessed to have um, a group of players, our opinion leaders, you mentioned Yachty earlier, um, embodies that. When we got Goldie a couple years ago, I first initially talked to him on the phone to welcome and it ended up being an hour conversation that morphed into base running and, and bunt plays. And, and, <laughs> and I was like, okay, we got a, our kind of guy here. Um, you know, we have a group of guys, we had Nolan who's a baseball guy through and through, studies it, um, cares about it. It's just a bunch of bunch of players that are intentional about um, being good in every aspect of the game and know that even the little things come up and can be a big thing, irrespective of, of situations. So um, we work on it, feel like it's our jobs, the guys are professional about it, and um, it's been a strength of our club to be a very consistent defense and base running team. And it's still one of the things to Derek's question that you know, as we go through and have moments where we don't have as much of our um, everyday rosters we'd like, we know we can count on these things to allow us to compete. And um, that's what it does, allows us to compete. Sarah Wexler, MLB.com. Um, you're opposing starter tomorrow, Max Scherzer. You caught him not too long ago on what was a very good day for him. And I'm just wondering if there's anything that you took away from that and if perhaps there's an advantage in that as a learning experience. Yeah, I mean, we're talking about a guy, I mean, you know, our guy's um, definitely a future Cardinal Hall of Famer and um, could be a Hall of Famer himself and Wainwright, you know, some injuries have, have sidetracked him for a couple of years, didn't allow him to put some of the numbers, but you're talking about with with Max, a guy that 
you know, is a, is a Hall of Fame pitcher. And uh, it's a guy that um, has a lot of experiences. We, we were able to face him in 2019 in the, in the championship series. We also um, uh, seen him across the way in our complex, you know, and could play in spring training. And this year we drew him quite a bit um, in spring training when he was with Washington. Um, you know, it's a guy that has been in the league a while, so we have experiences with him, including the one that you mentioned most recently. And, um, you know, it's a guy we're familiar with and we have awareness of, and clearly he's got ability and, and um, really good competitor and with, with really good stuff. And, but we're looking forward to the, to the challenge and the opportunity. Managing tomorrow would be to say game three last year against the Padres. I'll take game five against the Braves first inning. <laughs> um, I think both of them are different. I mean, obviously, I alluded to the first games, thinking about how the games were going into those games. I mean, um, we were able to, fortunate to get up to a really great start that game. Uh, it'd be wonderful to do that again. Um, Game three last year against San Diego, um, we knew we were going to be in a little more of a bullpen mode earlier on. Um, this year's a little different. We've got a uh, well-rested Adam Wainwright, who is, um, I'd like to think, in consideration for Cy Young. You know, he's clearly been a huge reason why we're sitting here today. Um, he's been an anchor for us for a lot of reasons on the field, off the field. Um, my point being is in the game tomorrow, it's not like you're, you know, we trust Waino. So we're going to trust and, and see how the game unfolds and evaluate it as it goes, uh, clearly navigate it based on what we see. Um, but in those other two games, um, the, the games took difference. But we went into last year's game three knowing that we were likely to have to go in. You know, we had Jack going, um, who we have confidence in as well. And then we got down, and then we had to navigate the bullpen. Um, obviously, we want to get play from the lead tomorrow and, and let, let Wayno do his thing. Bill Plunk at Orange County Register, what is Flaherty's status and your plans going into this? Well, Bill, um, you know, we're, we're most optimistic about the last outing for Jack. I mean, he's had two setbacks this year. One that took place here with his oblique that, that um, you know, at that point in time, he's on track, you know, first two months of the season, nine and one. Definitely headed to an all-star game and definitely in consideration for Cy Young consideration. Missed two and a half months, came back and um, a little bit uh, sore in his shoulder. Didn't want to push it, so the setback there um, has come back and thrown a couple times in games and felt like his stuff was back in the last outing of the last day in, at home against Chicago. Um, so we're confident that he feels good and his stuff looks crisp, but that's important. Um, as far as how it'll be used, it'll be in the bullpen and it'll be fluid. Mike, is Cavi full health for tomorrow? Cavi's fine, yeah. I mean, he's had a situation, for those who don't know, he's, he um, came out on the Friday game, um, the last series. He's got a uh, somewhat recurring nail issue, um, nail split on him, so he's had, had that fixed, and he's had that multiple points of the season, and expect no uh, limitations at all. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. 
You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back as we get ready for this National League wild card game here on the Cardinals Insider Podcast. And Nolan Arenado strolls up to the podium next. Of course, his first postseason with the St. Louis Cardinals after getting traded over just before spring training this past year. Nolan, very familiar with the Dodgers. He is from Southern California, that Orange County area, but grew up a big Dodger fan just a little bit down the I-5. And many times when he was with the Rockies playing in the National League West, the Dodgers stood in his way. So uh, he will quip in just a moment. He's used to playing the Dodgers. He's used to losing. Hopefully he can slay that dragon tomorrow night out there at Dodger Stadium and can get over the hump and, uh, and beat the Dodgers in the postseason. It's going to be a one-game deal. It is indeed a wild card this year for the Cardinals to continue this run here in 2021. Nolan opens up his remarks by being asked, what is it like to play in this winner-take-all scenario, a Game 7 feel in this single one-game series? Yeah, I mean, I think it's just, you know, you don't. this is one game, it's different than any other game, as far as, like, you just don't hold back on it, I guess. You know, you do everything you can to win. You throw everybody, you know, starters will be in the bullpen. You know, you're not really saving anybody for anything. You're just doing everything you can to win this game and then hopefully move on. Um, that's the one thing I noticed that's a little different. I think um, the matchups will be a little bit different, you know, trying to match up with guys <clears throat> where, you know, this year, you know, there's a three batter rule and all that. I think in the Walker game, they're gonna, you know, you're going to see a little bit more matchups to make sure, you know, everyone feels as uncomfortable as possible. But uh, that's just kind of how it goes. It's kind of a crazy game, you know. It's like I said, you know, there's you don't save nobody for nothing. You know, you, everyone's going to be in the pen or everyone's got to be ready to go. Yeah. Well, this game kind of reminds me of. Uh, 163 um, in 2018, coming here. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, my emotions will be fine. Played the Dodgers a lot, lost a lot, and um, but uh, you know, I think it's it, you know, if you're gonna go through the team to get to where you want to go, the Dodgers were always gonna, the Dodgers are always gonna be in the way. That's just kind of how it goes. So um, we respect them. I have a lot of respect for that organization, how they go about it, and those players. Um, but you know, it's one game. We're gonna try to find a way to win. And beat them. No one to that end. As somebody who grew up around here, somebody who grew up kind of in the shadow of Mount Revere in the stadium, is today maybe a day where you can kind of take in and enjoy a little bit of the playing the postseason game at Dodger Stadium before you maybe down to business tomorrow? Yeah, absolutely. It's nice to have a you know a day off. I guess come here, get a workout in, um, and uh, get on the field. You know, the air, the fresh air, and I don't know. I just. I know when I land in California, I could tell by the air that I'm home. But uh, especially coming here, you know, obviously, you know, I'm so used to having a lot of my family here for these games, and uh, it's a lot of fun to play. And uh, I expect tomorrow will be a pretty intense, pretty good environment. So it'll be great. What did you uh, What did you see from your team over the last week when things were pretty well locked down for you, when you guys were still staying dialed in, staying ready, and making sure that you were able to turn it right back on to where it was for tomorrow night? Yeah. Well, I think, you know. We played meaningful baseball games all the way till the last week of the season, you know, and uh, that's always great. And, you know, even though we clinched last Tuesday or whatever, you know, the, all those other games, you still want to do something. You still want to play well, stay fresh. And, 
But, you know, there's nothing like the playoffs, you know, I, just to be honest, you know, it don't matter how long you clinch. When you get to the playoffs, the environment's amazing and it's an intense environment. So there's nothing that matches this. So you just got to try to slow it down. But I think we'll be ready to go. You know, we'll be more than ready. Yeah, well, you know, those guys have just been great. I mean, just playing great baseball. I mean, they're just kind of developing. I mean, it's just been pretty cool to see, not just them too, DC also. Um, it's pretty cool to see them, like, you can see the development from April to, you know, September. You know, you could really see how much better they've gotten as the months have gone on throughout the season. And that's just experience, and I just feel like they're only going to get better and better. And uh, it's been a lot of fun to watch them compete and just, like I said, get better as the year has gone on. It's something that, you know, I've noticed that they've just been able to, like, slow the game down, asking the right questions as the year has gone on. It's been pretty cool. Ben, you know, you guys, you said you know the Dodgers are always going to kind of be there in the, in the way. You guys split that series with them in St. Louis after losing the first two. How much did that kickstart the, the winning streak that came later? And do you feel like that was kind of a, a turning point? For um, it was big, for sure. You know, obviously, you know, Getting Grand Slam walk off against us in Milwaukee, and then flying in the next day to face, you know, Scherzer, Scherzer on a three o'clock day game. You know, you're just like, this is not a good, this is not the greatest, you know, scenarios. But um, just to come back and win those two games, win the series against the Reds, you know, and then uh, what, I don't even know how how else it ended up. I forgot who we played, but just to continue to play well, we played hard, and that's the one thing I've been amazed with this team. You know, it's just we keep coming. We do. We've lost some tough games this year, but we found a way to comp continue to compete and try, uh, try to be there in the end. And uh, there was no game that really rattled us. And that was something that I was in awe of because after that walk-off Grand Slam, you know, a lot of people probably wrote us off, you know, like this is it, you know, but we kept coming and uh, we went on a great streak and now we're here. They felt that they were defeated already when something unideal happened. Compared to September when you guys would come to the park and you would think, we're not losing ever again. What kind of led to that mentality, which obviously the winning does help, but to build that up and, and kind of keep the course there, what leads to that change? I think it's just, like I said, you know, we continue to show up in the same guys every day, you know. I think. You know, losing tough games that we've lost some tough games this year, like games you were like, man, this is not, this is really bad, you know, and to see us come back every day and uh, that just shows who we are. And then I think that mentality of continue to show up every day, let's get after it and whatever happens, happens. I think that's kind of carried us toward the end where maybe some other teams got a little tired at the end, maybe lost a little focus because they clinched a little early, whatever, you know what I mean, or they felt the pressure. We kind of just stayed even keel and we just continued to fight and that's why we went on that streak. How have you seen, maybe this dovetails with that, how have you seen the offense kind of grow through the course of this year? You know, that first half kind of struggled, talked about that one-dimensional ER. And then Tyler goes into batting third. And just the number of different ways you guys have been successful over the past month. Yeah, I think offensively, I, I mean, we feel in the first half we hit the ball hard. You know, we played. You know, obviously we had a rough month. We just played bad baseball, but like we still hit the ball hard. We lined out a lot, and we were just always kind of saying, you know, we we all said it right before the first half. We're like, Man, it's got to turn sooner or later, right? Like, and it didn't turn until September. It really turned, you know. And I think that's just the mentality we've had. Like, we believe it's going to turn. Just got to keep going, keep going. And um, I think it's just the maturity of the offense. I think putting T on the three hole, and then obviously Goldie, who's been you know our leader, you know, 
here's my like little MVP chant for him. But like seriously, I mean, he really carried us to get to the playoffs. I mean, once Goldie got hot, I mean, we all just fed off him. I mean, he's been critical for us. So um, just those guys at the top of the order, and then Tommy got played well. But you know, like I said, the bottom of the order played well too. But I think Goldie's the one that really got it going for us. Can that help in a one game situation? Just being able to score in different ways. Well, absolutely. I mean, for, you know, for, for us to win one game, you know, you got to be able to do anything, do everything. You got to be able to maybe hit a homer or work a rally. You know, the Dodgers got good pitching, so, you know, you got to find a way to fight against them. And their offense is really good, too. They, they feel the same way probably about them where they can, you know, clip you or, you know, work in a bat. So, you know, I think their offense is really good, but we're pretty steady, too. And uh, we could play defense and uh, I really like our chances, and uh, it's not going to be an easy task at all, but uh, I feel confident in our group. Mark, you know, around the country, some fans, some media are like, oh, the Cardinals again. And there's even a phrase, your buddy Holiday hates, it's called Cardinal Devil Magic. Like, it always kind of works out. I just wonder in Colorado, your sense, did other teams and other players ever look at the Cardinals and say, man, they always seem to end up there? Or was there sort of a sense around the league, too? Like, how does it always work out for them? Yeah, absolutely. I think just being a part of it now, you know, the rough stretches, you know, you're kind of like, I don't know, man, this is not good. And then, like, I guess just the way Yachty, Wayno, these guys carry themselves, you know, they don't, they don't get too high or too low, and you just feed off that, you know. You just kind of like, all right, you know, they're staying steady, so that's what I'm going to do. And you just continue to follow their lead. And because they've been around a long time and they've seen some crazy streaks, and, you know, I think that's just the difference between good teams and bad teams is that, you know, how steady can you stay throughout an eighth-month season, you know? And, the Cardinals have always done that. They're always find their, find themselves in it at the end because of how we, you know, stay steady and continue to fight. Yeah. Well, and, uh, Adam and Matt Carpenter both said this is the best Cardinal defense they feel like they've ever been on. How does this defense just stack up to, in your eyes, and, and how important is that in one game where there's really no margin for error, especially against someone like Scherzer, where you know one, one run, two runs, and between Scherzer and Adam, one run really decide that game? Absolutely. I mean, I I agree. I think this is the best defense I've ever played on. Um, defensive team I played on as far as the outfielders and first baseman, obviously the greatest catcher ever, you know, just and then just our infield has just been so solid. Um, there's no doubt that our defense is, I think, the best in the game. Um, and I think that's going to help us in a game like this where we got to be able to cover ground and make some plays because, uh, you know, I would assume the Dodgers, you know, hopefully not, but I would assume they're going to have good at bats. They're going to find, you know, they're going to hit the ball hard and uh, we got to find, find a way to stop them and make some plays. Um. Adam was just in here saying he still feels like a pretty young fellow despite his age. Do you catch him acting his age very often? Oh, I mean, absolutely. I mean, I don't look at him. I mean, I look at him like as a dad in a sense. I think everyone does, you know. He's like the godfather. Same thing with Yachty, you know. That's basically what we call them, the godfathers of our team. But, you know, the the interactions you have with him, you know, he acts, you know, it's just like a normal like a normal, you know, young player, you know. I think he's trying to make trades right now in fantasy. Like he's just like that, you know. So he's just down to earth, laid back, and he'll he'll be ready to go tomorrow. Right. Um, every managerial move is going to get, you know, hyper focused on this game based off of you know who gets pulled and pitches. What have you learned about Mike Schilt with the season of playing underneath him? How prepared or how stressful are you at causing him to make in this game? Yeah, I mean, well, obviously, I. I trust Skip. You know, I know he's going to make the right decisions and the, what he feels is the best decision for our team. Um, but, um, you know, obviously I got a lot of respect for him. But I'll be honest with you, I don't really pay attention. You know, I'm trying to just focus on my job and doing my job. You know, what the manager controls, you know, that's a hard job. So I'll let him focus on that. But I believe he'll make the right decisions. I guess that's more crazy before they did. What have you learned about Schilt 
playing for him for a year. Yeah. Didn't know him well yeah. For him and the rest of the coaching staff, I think it's just more steady. Like I said, I know I keep saying that word, but it's really plays dividends of who we are. Um, it's just how calm everyone is. Nobody gets too high or too low through good times or through bad times. And that's something that I think we all feed off of. And uh, it's not just him, it's the whole coaching staff. They bring that same energy every day. It's been a lot of fun for play, playing with those guys, playing for them. Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story. And one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based championship team. Adam Wainwright gets the nod tomorrow for the Cardinals. He's got three starts in his postseason career against the Dodgers at Dodger Stadium. Uh, the Cardinals in that time are 1-2. and two. They lost Game 2 of the NLDS in 2009. Wayno went eight innings, three hits, and a single run. Then he took the ball again in Game 3 of the 2013 NLCS. Seven innings in that one, six hits, two earned. And then the Cardinals won the lone game they've won with Wayno on the bump in the playoffs out of Chavez Ravine. It was a win in Game 1 of the NLDS in 2014. Wayno, uh, admittedly, as you're going to hear in a minute, didn't pitch that well in this one. Four and a third, six hits. Six earned runs. So there's a question by Jeff Jones of the Belleville News Democrat, and Wayno talks about it a little bit. Uh, you know, he hasn't necessarily pitched the greatest in the games the Cardinals have won that he's uh, towed the rubber in the postseason against the Dodgers with. And sometimes when he doesn't have his best stuff, the team's been there for him, and they've been able to win those games. So interesting thing going on there. I don't think we should read too much into that. He's been phenomenal this year, and I think it could be very good tomorrow a very competitive baseball game as he and Max Scherzer square off and go toe-to-toe but Wayno starting things off here talking about yeah what it's been like to uh, to have some mixed results but also Cardinal wins and Cardinal losses pitching at Dodger Stadium in October yeah the uh, the funny thing about my postseason career is a lot of the good games I've pitched we didn't win and two of the my two biggest complete chokes we we won both of them so um that doesn't mean I'm going to go out tomorrow and do that on purpose. Um, but it is interesting how baseball works sometimes. You know, just you can never you can never get too comfortable in any lead against these great teams you play in the postseason. Adam, how much pride do you take in this start, and what does it mean to you to, for your team to trust you in one game, whatever Well, I mean, I, I kind of consider all postseason games that way. I mean, I know they're, they're not all the same. Um, but... In a way, there's so much momentum that goes with each and every start that's in the postseason. I, I, I treat them all like a winner go home. You know, I've, I've done, I've tried to do that with every start in my whole career. Also, you know, just treat it with that same level of um, urgency and 
um, big game this, you know, whether it's April 17th or it's October 17th, you know, I try to treat them the same, but it is a great honor um, bestowed on me. I know that the team feels confident. I feel confident. Our team, our team as a whole feels confident about what's been going on in our clubhouse and out on that field. So it'll be fun. How do I feel what? Physically, with eight days rest coming into tomorrow? I mean, pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's a, it is a long season. So, I mean, that we thought about maybe trying to get in a game at the end, but that, that just made so much more sense to get everything, you know, completely ready for this, this game. Adam, the defense you have behind you, I mean, when a game like this has such little margin for error, how, what, can you just talk about the confidence you have in the guys behind you and, and you know, what we've seen throughout September and throughout the whole year with them? Yeah, I've been doing it all year. I trust them immensely. You know, to the guys behind me, I, I, don't, I don't think I've played on a team that's this talented on the defensive side of the ball. I just uh, Our outfield is certainly the, the, the fastest that I've ever been a part of. It covers the most ground, good jumps, good reads, you know, diving plays all year long for me. Um, we got gold glovers everywhere in the infield. I mean, our, our defense is special. I mean, there's just no way of, you know, getting around that. We have incredible defenders, and why would you not trust those guys? Hey, Adam. Uh, congratulations on getting this far. Um, can you just talk about just what you've learned over the course of the season about yourself, about this team, and are there any experiences that you may pull from from your previous uh, starts that may able to be able to help you uh, for tomorrow? Well, I think more than anything, the last year and a half, the last two years, the last two seasons, and really the last two and a half seasons, um, it was an understanding finally of who I was as a pitcher. And, and it's kind of putting my ego behind me and just doing whatever it was necessary, whatever it took to win that game. Um, the first half of 19, I tried to do a lot of different stuff, tried to pitch like a lot of different pitchers, tried to pitch up in the zone a lot. and spray the ball around and, and uh, just wasn't you know who I was as a pitcher. I can do that, but um, it's not where I need to live. And then kind of understanding where my body has kind of took a, a turn, not, not for the worst, but just different um, than when I was a younger player. I, I never have thrown as hard as everyone thinks I threw. I've never been a, a fireballer, never been a blazer, never sitting 95 miles an hour, and this never has been me. You can check my average fastball from every year of my career, even when like 2007, my first year starting, was like pretty close to this year's average fastball, actually. Um, but the hardest I think I ever averaged on fastball in a year was 92, and that was in 2013. So I just never have been the fireballer. But, but, but taking that back even further uh, and understanding that it's okay to not throw – 100 miles an hour because you know what everybody else does anyways so maybe me throwing softer is kind of an outlier um, I'm not trying to throw it soft it's just the way it comes out um, I would love to throw the ball 100 miles an hour it just doesn't happen so I have to be comfortable with who I am in my own skin and go out and get the most out of my own ability yeah. uh, Beth Harris AP you don't look your age do you feel it <laughs> well wait before I thank you are you saying I look older <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I don't, actually. I, I felt way older than my age about three or four years ago. And now I feel, uh, I think, significantly younger than, than my age. Um, but, you know, in every other job place in America, I'm still a pretty young fellow. Uh, it's just in this job that I chose that I'm an old guy. So uh, I've, that's the way I kind of look at it. You know, I'm still a young, 
I'm still a young man, you know, in the, in the, in the eyes of the rest of the world. And I think as soon as you start buying into the age thing, if you buy into the fact that you're old, then you are, you know, if you stop trying to do things like young folks do, sometimes you are. Um, now I have to be smart about that sometimes, you know, I don't still try to touch the ceiling in the weight room every single day like I used to, and I don't try to jump over everything or whatever, but occasionally you've got to do that every now and then to push yourself and keep yourself young. So there's that fine line of staying young, but also staying smart, um, trying to balance that. What changed that, that three or four years ago when you said you were feeling way older? Uh, I changed my diet. Um, I cut out for a, about a year and a couple of months. I cut out uh, gluten and dairy and sugar and processed foods of all kinds. Changed my workout program, changed my conditioning program. Body felt drastically different pretty much right away. Yeah, well, you mentioned Tommy. I think he's a great case of exactly what I was talking about earlier. Tommy um, started out the year like the first half almost, leading the entire major leagues in hits, you know, a bunch of doubles, a bunch of stolen bases, and then tried to start trying to lift the ball a little bit more. You know, we saw a guy try to drive it a little bit more and, and got out of his approach a little bit, I think. Um, and then you saw him go back to what he was really good at and be great at that. Um, and now a guy who can drive it every now and then, but is going to hit doubles, is going to hit singles, is going to get on base, going to steal bases. That's who he is as a player. Uh, there's nothing wrong with that. That's who he is. That's what makes him special. That's what makes him unique. Sometimes as players, when we, uh, when we try to play like other players, sometimes that doesn't work out. Sometimes it does. Sometimes you make adjustments. You learn from somebody else something that helps you. But sometimes uh, it takes away from what you're great at. Um, so he's just one instance. But I think you saw a bunch of young players trying to find out exactly who they were as players. And, and all big league players go through that. You know, whether you think you got it all figured out or not, you will go through those, those moments where you're trying to figure out exactly who you need to be. And not that you always, you ever have it really figured out, but there are those times where you realize, okay, I got away from what my bread and butter was. Now I need to go back to that and I can do other things in a small way, but this is who I am as a player. I think you saw a lot of guys in our clubhouse who sort of, uh, get it started getting down the right path of, of being able to do that successfully. You guys were optimistic about the kind of team you could be all season long. What did you learn about yourselves during that winning streak? Yeah, definitely, definitely. Uh, it was a it was a fun time. You know, just guys for the first time, guys looking at each other, going, yeah, "I don't think like we're going to ever lose another game again." You know, that was a great thing to hear. Several people say that. Like, it feels like we're going to win every day. And then I look at them and say, and that is what a winning club feels like when they show up to the park. That is what championship teams feel like. They feel like when they show up to the park, the preparation of work and all the stuff that they've done is going to prepare them, and they're going to win that game. That's, what the, that's the mojo they go into those games feeling like. And, and when you're on losing teams or, game, or teams who aren't really sure about their identity or their success potentially, um, they come to the park wondering what that's going to look like. Are we going to win today? What, what, you know, what's going to happen when this guy takes the mound rather than, well, we're going to find a way to win. And that's what we were at mentally, and that's where we're going to try to continue in this postseason 
is showing up every day, only figuring out how we're going to win. And for a while there, we were figuring out how to lose. We were, we were finding new ways each day seemingly to lose games, and that's what losing teams do. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Coming to, coming to the park in June, it was like uh, one one if one thing happened, you know, you could see the team almost deflated, start to think, oh well, here it comes again, you know, and that is what losing teams do. Uh, winning teams don't have that attitude. Winning attitudes for winning teams, when something happens, you go, okay, well, we got to punch back. All right, we can come back from that. We will find a way to come back from that. And, uh, and, and it's one thing to say it, and it's another thing to believe it, but our team started believing it, and then you saw what happened. I don't know if fitting is the right word or cool, but what does it mean to you, maybe even Yachty, to look over and see a playoff game where Albert Pools is on the other team? I don't know if he's playing or not, but what does that mean to you? Does that mean anything? Is it significant? Cool? Not anymore. <laughs> no, nothing's cool about that team over there right now to us. They had a great regular season. They're a very tough team. Albert's a great friend, but right now it's we're fighting. You know, um, we'll make up afterwards, but we're fighting right now. So um, it's it's. Uh, I, I was watching um, Last Chance U earlier, and they were going over the game plan of the team they were going to face. And one of the players marveled at how fast the other quarterback was, and the coach stopped him and said, "Don't be a fan." And right now we can't be a fan of that other team. We've got to go out and compete. Yes. Yeah, Albert's a great friend. We FaceTime and talk all the time. So have you guys spoken over the course of the last couple of days? No. <laughs> Max and Clayton are both great friends of mine also, and we're, we just, you know, it's, we'll talk after. As a follow-up to Derek's question, what changed in that mentality? Obviously, the winning helps, but in order to keep that faith and eventually make that transition, what changed that mentality? I don't know. I think you saw... A couple things play into that. I think uh, I've said this a few times already, but I think getting in O'Neal into the three hole was a real uh, empowerer of our lineup. It, it, it empowered Goldie um, and empowered Nolan. And then getting Dylan in that five spot um, and having some, some people behind there that were, were successfully driving those guys in occasionally, taking tough at bats. You know, those, those guys in the middle of the lineup, they really got going. I mean, we got what? Three guys in a row, almost four that had have OPSs over 800. Um, just that's tough. That's tough on a pitcher. And I've said all, all along, <clears throat> the championship teams they have at least three guys in their lineup. You know, you can game plan as a pitcher. You can game plan around two guys. Um, three guys makes it real tough because now you got lots of things that can happen. And you, runners on. Extra, extra base hits and, and crooked numbers and innings in the postseason is what beats you. And so when you get a lineup like that with three or four, this lineup over here has, has four or five guys in the middle of the lineup that, you know, they can beat you on any swing. So it makes it tougher on a pitcher. Hey, uh, uh, Nadia Castro with the Los Angeles. Uh, obviously, you talk about a little bit this team. The two teams have a lot of history between each other. But do you feel like this is like the more intense game that it's going to be? Yeah, one games are tough, man. It's because uh, you play a whole season um, to get into the postseason, and and uh, this is the postseason. But it's it's uh, anything can happen in one game. So we, we've been a part of a couple wild card games, and, and it's uh, 
it is a it is a a, a harsh atmosphere out there. You know, there's a lot on the line. Uh, winner take all games are um, just as I mean, just as fun as it gets, right? I mean, like as a player, as a competitor, it's just you know that's. I always, I always talk about the big moments you know, when you were, as a kid, it was never, you know, game 17 against the worst team in the league. It's all the, what you're going over in your mind in the backyard is always bottom of the ninth, bases loaded, you know, game seven. It's always that, that deciding game. So it just doesn't get more fun, you know. We, we would have liked to have won our division um, and not have to do that, but uh, here we are. So we're glad to be here. Sounds like a scouting report to me, doesn't it? <laughs> but th does that affect what you do tomorrow anyway? Can't tell you that. I won't tell you that. I mean, it's like a ridiculous thing for me to try to even answer that question. They're, those guys over there, they listen to these things, you know, and uh, I'm just going to throw fastballs right down the middle. <laughs> <laughs> Wainwright, Scherzer, tomorrow night. It's going to be a whole lot of fun on TBS, 7 o'clock Central Time. Saddle on in. Adam Wainwright opposes St. Louis and Max Scherzer, the 106-win Dodgers, the run of 21 Cardinals. What a game this has the potential to be. You heard a bunch of instant classics at the front of this podcast in that open. Hopefully we get some moments tomorrow night to add to that list. You can get tickets for any future Cardinal home games at cardinals.com. The first game that could potentially be played here, game three of the NLDS on Sunday, October, or pardon me, Monday, October the 11th. For right now, my name is Brett McMillan. For everybody involved with the program, we'll talk to you next time. If you want to get involved with the show when we do our post-game recap, you can send in thoughts throughout the game to podcast with an S at cardinals.com. But for right now, that's our show. I'm Brett McMillan, and this is the Cardinals Insider Podcast. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.